essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. Once again, thank you for being a part of this show, whether it's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. I appreciate it. Make sure you share this with your friends. Subscribe, share. Let's build this community It is Sunday, Royal Rumble Sunday. Hopefully you've caught NWA Hard Times and Worlds Collide with NXT and NXT UK the last two days. This was hopefully going to be my prediction show if I'd been able to do this by Friday and have it out to you. However, Thursday night on TNT with Chris Maloney that you can catch on Facebook and YouTube. I did their predictions on that show. So you can go back and see what my predictions were. Today, we're going to run down everything happening with the independent wrestling scene in Ontario. And get to the results of Hard Times, Worlds Collide, and preview the Royal Rumble that happens today with the rehash of those predictions. So, I'll be back in just a moment with today's show. wrestling fans join me each and every friday on our facebook or youtube channel for the production line i stop by the tyson dukes wrestle factory and catch the stars of tomorrow being built today here in london tyson's been in business for the last two years and we've already seen stars come out of the factory such as violet lee jim strider alec realm jordan james the wave maker kyle boone the smartest man in wrestling michael grayson Cyrus Bowman, Rodney Matthews, and Tyson's own son, Ethan Dukes. Many more of the students of the future are seeing their way to the rings in arenas nearby you. You don't want to miss the production line where you can see the beginnings happening today. On the production line, each and every Friday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. 
you don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. And welcome back to the show. As always, we start off with news from Smash and Midwestern Wrestling. Smash Wrestling returns to Fanshawe College on Friday, February 7th for New Beginnings. So you already stacked card, and you won't want to miss a moment of the action. The tag team titles will be online as Death Threat Army challenge the Smash Wrestling Champions Halal Beefcake for the tag titles. You'll also see Joshua Pine go against Psycho Mike Rollins. The last time we saw these two near each other, Josh Pine had to save Psycho Mike from drowning in a kiddie pool. One half of the revolt, Fireball Jordan James, will take on one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling in the endorsement, Sebastian Suave. The other half of the revolt tag team, Alec Realm, will go one-on-one with Mr. Punch Kick Chop, a member of the pillars, Tarek. Kevin Bennett is coming here to London to defend the Smash Championship against Brent Moneybanks. And then the main event, we'll see a False Count Anywhere match against Tyson Dukes and the King of the North, Carter Mason. There's a lot of blood between these guys, dating back to Super Showdown. They hope to settle all this at Fanshawe College in a Falls Count Anywhere match with the winner moving on to any given Sunday 8 to face off against the champion, whoever it may be, whether it's Brent Banks or still champion Kevin Bennett. So be sure to get your tickets right now for Smash Wrestling's return to Fanshawe College on Friday, February 7th. Then Smash Wrestling returns to Toronto after a lengthy time away on February 23rd. It'll be any given Sunday 8 at the Rec Hall. You'll see a triple threat match featuring John Greed, TJ Crawford, and Sebastian Suave. Bear Country and Main State Posse Tangle in tag team action. Baywatch faces off with the Philly and Marino experience. Psycho Mike Rollins goes one-on-one with Jody Threat. Speedball Mike Bailey takes on Tarek. Rosemary will defend the Women's Championship against Veda Scott. And the championship match currently has Kevin Bennett defending against the winner of the Falls Count Anywhere match between Tyson Dukes and Carter Mason. It's any given Sunday 8, happening at the Rec Hall in Toronto, February 23rd, when Smash Wrestling returns home. Moving over to our other friends, Midwestern Wrestling, they return to Listwall at Parkview Gardens on March 28th. This past Thursday, Chris Maloney and I had Doug and Clarence on the TNT show 
which you can catch on Facebook and YouTube. And we got a peek behind the curtains of how Midwestern Wrestling became what they are. And we even got an exclusive on some of the matches being presented on their second card on March 28th. Midwestern Wrestling is ready to crown their first ever champion. We got a preview of what the belt looks like during the show. And one of the two pillars will raise it above their head at the end of the night. Will it be Mr. Punch, Kick, Chop, Tarek, or the wrestling machine, Tyson Dukes? Plus the Muscle faces off with Canadian Buzzsaw, Corey Stone. And the endorsement, Sebastian Suave, goes up against Psycho Mike Rollins. If you joined us on Thursday, you found out these other three matches are going to take place on March 28th. Nova going one-on-one with Serena Kyle. There'll be a triple threat tag team match featuring Hello Beefcake, The Revolt, and Bino and Nathan. Plus, the Night Train, Justin Sane, goes one-on-one with the Wavemaker, Kyle Boone. It's all happening in Listowel, Ontario, Midwestern Wrestling, Parkview Gardens, March 28th. Chris Maloney and I are going to be taking our shows on the road, and we'll be doing it live on Facebook as we drive to Listowel. When we arrive, we'll do some more preview of the card. During the intermission, you'll see us again. And at the end of the show, we'll wrap up everything. So if you can't join us during that road trip and be there live, you can always follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Let's move on to the event calendar presented by the Ontario Indie Road Trip, which you can catch each and every week on YouTube and Facebook. Today, Sunday, January 26th, Junction City Wrestling presents the Destructor Rumble in Toronto, and Championship Wrestling from Ontario will have New Horizons at NV Nightclub in Brantford. The new champ, Toaster, will put his title on the line against Alessandro Del Bruno, plus many more matches coming your way. Then, Pro Wrestling Eclipse heads to Oshawa for Injustice for All. Jules Malone puts the Flame Championship on the line against April Jones. Tanu faces off with Cody Diener. Big Country Cadman takes on Green Phantom. Galactic Steel faces the PWA Tag Team Champions, Who Warriors, and Tarek will defend the PWE Heavyweight Championship. Then there's more great wrestling action happening next weekend, starting on January 31st in Oshawa with C4 Wrestling presenting the Underground. It's happening at a brewery, and it's already sold out. But if you're lucky enough to have a ticket, you'll see Joshua Bishop facing Holden Albright. Josh Alexander goes one-on-one with Junior Benito, and the Buffalo Brothers face off against Violence is Forever in tag team action. Then on February 1st, Chinlock Wrestling brings Battle at the Brewery 2 to Kingston. Madison Rain faces off with Beautiful Bia for the number one contendership to the Cale Murphy Memorial Championship. That title will be on the line as Jesse Mack faces KL Shock. And for the Chinlock Heavyweight Championship, CJ Felony faces off with Sam Hudson. Hamilton Pro Wrestling presents The Next Generation. 
Rock Hard Ringler faces Safe Travis, and Johnny D takes on Chris Logan. And finally, on February 2nd, Northern Wrestling Experience presents Bad Blood in St. Catharines. Be sure to check out all the event listings happening every two weeks, each and every week on the Ontario Indie Road Trip, happening on Facebook and YouTube Fridays. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's been a lot of uh, wrestling happening this weekend, including tonight's Royal Rumble. On Friday, the NWA had hard times. It's a pay-per-view that was decent to watch, but at the same time, not sure if it was necessary, especially if you watched the uh, show on Tuesday, which was an hour and a half long. A lot of things happened during it that didn't get really much payoff on this episode and led more to somewhere else that a pay-per-view should be. But then their next one's not going to be until about April, I guess. So I don't know what they're doing with any of the payoffs. Friday night... The event was available on pay-per-view and the Fight TV app, depending on how you uh, end up getting your events and consume them. Thursday evening, just before our TNT show at 7 o'clock, we, meaning Chris Maloney and Clarence and myself, sat down and ran through all three cards. We made our predictions for hard times. Some of us were right, some of us were wrong. But let's get to the results of the show. The show is mainly based around having the first ever or the rebirth of the TV title. They resurrected it from the old style that the NWA and WCW used to use. And they're reviving it. The show had an eight-man tournament to determine the new champion. It started off with Trevor Murdoch defeating the question mark in the first round. I know Chris and Clarence thought the question mark was going to go a lot further. Even I thought maybe he could have gone to the finals, but I didn't think he was going to win it. But a surprise in Trevor Murdoch, formerly of WWE, picking up that victory. Dan Math, who works for Ring of Honor, defeated Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice, the guy I thought was going to advance further, and didn't. Ricky Starks 
defeated Matt Cross. Now, this match was one that I was looking forward to. Uh, Ricky Starks is my pick, but to have him against Matt Cross, I've seen Matt Cross so many times with Smash Wrestling that it kind of felt odd that he was going to be in the first round and end up losing. And he did to uh, Ricky Starks. And the fourth match in the first round was supposed to be Ken Anderson against Tim Storm. And Anderson didn't show up, so Tim got to advance to the next round. There was a triple threat match for the tag team titles as the Rock and Roll Express were defending against Eli, Drake, and James Storm. Plus the former champions, the Wild Cards, Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer. They had Camilla and Mae Valentine at ringside with them. And much like a lot of us predicted, the tag team of Eli Drake and James Storm were victorious. I believe Morton got uh, pinned and we have new tag team champions for the NWA. Another title change happened right after that match as Thunder Rosa was able to take the women's championship away from Allison Kay. Then we moved on to second round action of the tournament with Trevor Murdoch defeating Dan Maff and Ricky Starks defeated Tim Storm. Then Aaron Stevens put his NWA National Championship on the line against Scott Steiner. Stevens had the question mark in his corner and due to interference he was disqualified giving Scott Steiner the victory but not the championship. Earlier in the night, Marty Skrull made an appearance and was curious of why the NWA Championship was not being put on the line against Flip Gordon when Gordon was to face Nick Aldis. It turned out that they were going to put the title on the line as long as uh, Skrull was not in the building. So they agreed and the championship was defended with Nick Aldis retaining against Flip Gordon in a... NWA versus Ring of Honor in a promotional match. The final match of the night saw the finals of the NWA Television Championship Tournament and Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Trevor Murdoch to become the new champion. So I didn't do too bad with the predictions and this was a decent card for NWA. Once again though, I didn't understand the real meaning behind it and the need since it was four weeks after their last pay-per-view and now they're going to have a big chunk away before doing their next pay-per-view. This tournament could have continued and been done on TV probably since it's a TV tournament or well in this case YouTube but yeah it could have been done at that time instead of having a King of the Ring style event and they had more pressing issues to get to such as Ken Anderson and Colt Cabana the whole thing with Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis also uh, even Aaron Stevens and his uh, issues with Ricky Starks those matches in itself plus also Molina and Allison Kay four matches right there for the next event and I don't see them being able to hold off until April to pull the trigger on those four matches so or I guess we're going to be seeing those happening on YouTube sometime down the line over the next few weeks. Over in AEW, this week they did their show from the Jericho Cruise, which was recorded on Tuesday night and broadcast on 
Wednesday. Uh, I don't know about you, but kind of felt a little annoyed by all the chants being censored by TSN, and it kind of made the commentary choppy. Not sure how you can avoid doing that, but my main interest was to see how they were going to do it with the uh, staging. Since I was on the uh, Norwegian Pearl earlier last year in April, and know what that ship is set up like and to see how they transformed it into a wrestling environment. Totally amazing to watch. There was five up, uh, matches on this episode, and that included them starting off with hot tag team action with SEU defending the tag titles against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. The first tag titles, or any title for that matter, uh, Changed hands in this episode as we have new champs in Omega and Paige. It makes sense because they're leading towards them splitting up, but also they included the Young Bucks, so the whole being the elite guys are there, but Hangman seems to be backing away from it, and it's going to lead to a match with the Young Bucks taking on uh, Omega and Paige, but Paige is going to be the heel, trying to make sure that Omega is his tag team partner, but Kenny's going to see that conflict between the inner circle of the elite having to face off against each other for these tag team titles. So that's going to be your main story going forward, uh, but Paige is backing off from the group more and more. It wasn't the greatest match uh, possible, but Britt Breaker uh, took on Hell's favorite harlot, Priscilla Kelly. I met Priscilla Kelly during the summit, which is pretty cool. Uh, decent match, but not the uh, big hype that you would think, uh, especially because they're both still rather green. Britt Baker did pick up the victory with the lockjaw, and then Tony Schiavone got in the ring and asked her a couple questions. She went full out heel on Tony. Um... Uh, she just kept on rambling. They even cut her off and went to commercial. At one point, you actually saw Tony looking to the side as she was insulting Tony. And he got this what-the-F uh, mouth mouthing under his breath. And it's become a huge meme now. So you can check that out. But yeah, a little bit rough on that one. And it wasn't just the waters that they were on. The Inner Circle, which had uh, Chris Jericho and Santana Ortiz teaming together with Jack Hager at their corner, took on the Jurassic Express. The ending saw Marco Stunt do a few moves on Jericho, but Jericho caught him with the uh, Judas effect and picked up the victory for his team. MJF took on the bad boy Joy Janela. It was a decent match until Janela got distracted by Kip Sabian and... Uh, Penelope Ford, so obviously MJF picked up the victory. He started making fun of uh, Cody with the fact that they're going to have all the stuff leading up to their match, including Cody having to be whipped and going in a cage against Wardlow, and Cody came out to confront him, but MJF rubbed in his face that he couldn't touch him, dropped the microphone, trying to really annoy Cody. And the Young Bucks ended up coming down. And Cody said, I can't touch you, but they can. They super kicked MJF and then dragged him over to the pool and dumped him in. So you have your WCW throwback 
in that regards because it did look like one of the Panama City um, events that WCW used to do for Nitro. Tony Schiavone did an interview with Hangman and Kenny about their victory and they were interrupted by the Young Bucks and there was still more about what was going on. Paige is drinking alcohol a lot and you have uh, Omega drinking tea. Hangman just left the th other three to celebrate but he did rub in the fact that they got the tag team titles before the Young Bucks. So once again, as I said, setting up the inevitable tag team match between the partners. And the main event had a number one contenders match with the Bastard Pac facing off against John Moxley. Moxley is still selling the uh, eye injury with the uh, stabbing in the, his eye that Jericho did. And I guess even on the ship throughout the uh, couple of days that they were on it, Moxley was still wearing like an eye patch. He did a rendition of uh, Sweet Caroline during karaoke in the Spinnaker Lounge that has made its way onto YouTube or in different memes and stuff like that. So you can check out John Moxley's wonderful singing. And back to the match, though. They went at it one-on-one -on -one to determine the number one contender to Chris Jericho's title. Jericho was on commentary with JR and X. Excalibur, Excalibur kind of sat back a bit to just let Jericho and Ross do a lot of the talking. Jericho put over both of them, which is kind of odd for being a heel, but, you know, it's also Chris Jericho, so I guess it's allowed. Um, this is probably one of the only times that the match matches went out of the ring, and they went up the steps towards the one bar, but then went back down and through the crowd and back to the ring. In the end, Moxley picked up the victory and is now going to face off against Chris Jericho. And that opportunity is supposed to come when AEW presents Revolution on Saturday, February 29th in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena. Currently that is the matchup uh, that's listed is Chris Jericho against John Moxley for the championship. Nothing else is listed at the moment, but you know they're going to be leading to the tag team title match. And, of course, there's Cody against MJF, plus plenty more matches to be uh, figured out along the way. Uh, so their next couple of weeks are going to be building up that pay-per-view. Shockstock 2020 is New Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near, as the outside world falls into chaos. Word of a sanctuary for mutants, freaks, goblins, and geeks spread throughout the land. Three days of thrills and chills, with screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, all-nighter parties, and more. Stay tuned for guest announcements and more info. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. 
Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Looking at what's going on with WWE this week, NXT and NXT UK worked together last night for Worlds Collide. Normally it's a takeover, but because there was recently a takeover of Blackpool and they're working towards takeover Portland, they decided to just use the Worlds Collide uh, moniker for this one. And it was not a disappointing event. Definitely go out of your way to check it out. We did our predictions for it Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Chris Maloney, Clarence, and myself did. And here are the results. The pre-show had Kaylee Ray defeating Mia Yim. Finn Balor defeated Ilya Dragunov. I probably would have picked... Jordan Devlin, but I didn't think they were going to actually do the title change. But Jordan Devlin did win the NXT Cruiserweight Championship earlier in the evening. Triple H and William Regal had presented the champion at the time. Angel Garza with a new version of the belt. They have it now on black leather. It does have a little hint of purple in the uh, face plates, but beyond that it is now on a black belt i think they probably changed a little bit of it to also indicate that it's the nxt cruiserweight championship instead of just being the cruiserweight uh championship in a really great match uh diy which i thought there was going to be some interference uh, along the way with uh finn balor to lead up with johnny gargano and his match at in portland coming up didn't seem to happen, but Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, DIY, did defeat Mustache Mountain in a match that was definitely, uh, I did predict the match of the night uh, at almost 23 minutes in tag team action, and at the end, they did all raise their hands, uh, hugged, they shook hands, the whole sportsmanship, because they're all uh, faces at this point, and they just wowed the crowd. There was a little bit of miscommunication going on with Mustache Mountain, so I'm not sure if that's going to lead to something in the future. I kind of hope not, because I'd love to see uh, them leave UK and come to North America, team with uh, Pete Dunne, and uh, bring that faction to the regular show to maybe even go up against Undisputed Era. With that said... That's not happening at the moment, but you never know. We did get an interview uh, during the uh, night, uh, a little bit before this, with the uh, Grizzled Young Vets, who are from UK, and also Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. Kathy Kelly conducted the interview because these two teams are in the finals of the Dusty Classic, so it should be an interesting event. The... Winners of it are going to get a tag team title shot at NXT Portland. The NXT Women's uh, Championship was on the line as Rhea Ripley defended against Tony Storm. Rhea was able to pick up the victory, and there was also appearance by Bianca Belair, which, once again, is happening between these two at NXT TakeOver Portland. So it's a good setup for that. And what kind of surprised me for this one was that Imperium ended up defeating the Undisputed Era in the main event. 
Uh, there was a moment where Bobby Fish ended up uh, accidentally hitting uh, Alexander Wolf a little too hard in the face and got a injury right off the start of the show. Uh, no update on the condition of Alexander Wolf, but yeah, he took a really hard kick to the face from Fish and was pretty much out of the match and was like three on four. Walter then exerted his dominance in the match and was able to get the victory for his team and that match took almost a half hour really good event two and a half hours ish in total and that's going to be a little bit hard for uh wd main roster to live up to with all even with all the matches that they have going on tonight during the royal rumble and as i said that's happening tonight um I believe the pre-show has Shorty G against Sheamus, which really this is a kind of a waste of returning Sheamus just to have that go on between those two and him going after Shorty G. The whole Shorty G thing is just ridiculous. Anyways, it totally takes away from the legitimacy of uh, Chad Gable. I don't know which way you want to go with this because Sheamus should be coming back dominant and being someone like the Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre of SmackDown, but it's not looking that way. I am picking Sheamus to uh, pick up the victory, but anything's going to happen. Like They could be having Shorty G win and starting the crowd off with a happy note. Andrade is going to uh, defend the United States Championship against Humberto Carrillo. There's a lot of hope for these two to uh, spark a lot of interest from the Latino community to put eyes on the product. I do have a little bit of a problem with this, and it's been mentioned on a number of different podcasts, including uh, post-wrestling. Why would you put a 45-year-old man in Rey Mysterio in a ladder match the way they did on this past Monday, which was an amazing match? Don't get me wrong. A couple of scary moments. But why would you waste that on free TV to have this match? I would have waited six more days, done the ladder match tonight during the pay-per-view, which would have been spectacular to see, then do the Carrillo stuff, lead that into the next pay-per-view, Elimination Chamber, or if they're going to go over to Saudi Arabia, do it over there. But either way, save the ladder match for tonight. They didn't. Either way, I'm keeping the belt on Andrade. Hopefully they have a good showing and get some good timing. But, yeah, just kind of a waste in timing. Roman Reigns we're going to see twice along with Baron Corbin because they're both in the Royal Rumble. And instead of having it being a dog food, the loser eats dog food like they look like they were doing, uh, going to be setting up for weeks ago on SmackDown, they decided to make it a false count anywhere match, and since they're using a baseball statement tonight in Dallas or sorry Houston, should I say, uh, the Minute Maid ballpark, they are going to try and use that whole thing to get some action. I guess we're probably going to see the Usos and Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler all get involved since there is no disqualification and false count anywhere match so it's going to just be a cluster with Roman Reigns going over it'll be questionable if uh, 
any of the side of Baron Corbin will get injured, kayfabe, uh, enough that they can't make it to the Royal Rumble and they end up getting taken out of it, but that's for later on. Both women's titles will be on the line. Uh, the first one will have Bailey defending against Lacey Evans. A lot of this has just been background for Lacey and Sasha. So I can see Lacey picking up the title, even though she's still very super green. But getting it away from Bailey and setting up more for Sasha and Lacey Evans with eventually Sasha probably getting the belt back in that regards. But I do see a title change. And of course we have Becky Lynch defending against Asuka. Asuka beat her last year. Becky, for whatever reason, has doubt in her mind, even though she's defeated the whole women's division all over the place for the last year and doing the whole I'm the man gimmick. And now she has doubts in herself. So either way, I see... Becky retaining the championship, going against the winner of the Royal Rumble. And that women's Royal Rumble had only five participants up until a few days ago. They have added a bunch more. But I think in the end, we're going to end up seeing Shayna Baszler being the winner unless Ronda Rousey shows up. And then, yeah, one of those two are going to be the challenger for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. But my actual pick is going to be Shayna Baszler. I did miss, actually, the Universal Championship is going to be on the line with Dana Bryan challenging the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a strap match just so that the Fiend cannot escape. I don't know what the rules are going to be. I think they're just going to be uh, able to use this weapon and stay tied to each other. I don't think it's going to be the traditional tag each uh, corner and have to touch all four to get your victory. But they're going to go against each other. And, of course, there's the Men's Royal Rumble, which had up to, I think, 27 uh, people announced for it. Some in question, I'm thinking, but that left three spots open. You could have Edge. The Edge was shown with a picture of him sitting on a chair, staring at his luggage, which looked like it had his gear in it. So he's trolling hardcore that he might be there tonight. There's a possibility for CM Punk. Uh, Tyson Fury could be there. Cain Velasquez is mentioned about being there. Uh, maybe even Goldberg. So there's a few empty spots uh, to fill. Hopefully there are huge surprises for us. And Brock Lesnar starting off number one. I don't see him going from start to finish like Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit did. But we're going to see who his next challenger for WrestleMania and the WWE Championship is going to be during this. Be the person that eliminates him. Unless they want to just hotshot something and do what they uh, did years ago with Maven and Undertaker. By having Ricochet and Brock Lesnar. And set up just a one-off between them after the interaction they had on Monday. My actual pick for the Royal Rumble is going to be Drew McIntyre. And yeah, I see him doing it. The only way it's not going to be him is if it's Roman Reigns going against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And they want to just get fans really annoyed again by 
giving him the victory. But I'm going with Drew McIntyre because they've been building him up really well lately. I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This concludes another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank you for spending your time with me, and hopefully you enjoyed the Royal Rumble that's happening tonight, and you were able to catch any of the other action with the NWA or even NXT with the Worlds Collide. It's a huge busy weekend for wrestling. Enjoy it. And be sure to check out the Ontario Indie Road Trip show on Facebook and YouTube so you can find out where local independent wrestling is happening. Support indie wrestling as much as you support the main guys because you never know when you're going to see the next star showing up in NXT or WWE or even AEW. I'll be back next week with more results from tonight's Royal Rumble. Setting up for more events, including AEW Revolution. And also catch us each and every Thursday during TNT on Facebook, YouTube. Chris Maloney and myself run down the news of the week and maybe have a few interviews like you caught this week with uh, Clarence and Doug from Midwestern Wrestling. So until next time, have a great one. We'll see you again. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night's